Hello, everyone. I'm Eric D'Souza, and you're listening to Crime Writers of Canada's podcast, where we discuss all things crime fiction with authors from coast to coast. Today, we have a friend of mine, a fellow BCer, Winona Kent. Winona is the award-winning author who was born in London, England, grew up in Regina, Saskatchewan, and lucky for us living on the West Coast, she now calls Vancouver her home. She's the National Vice Chair, as well as the BC Yukon Rep of Crime Writers of Canada. Her dedication and hard work is the reason why I joined the organization, and I'm sure other local members would say the same thing. Winona's debut novel, Skywatcher, was a finalist for the Seal Books First Novel Award and was published by Bantam Books in 1989. Her first mystery, Coldplay, set aboard a cruise ship in Alaska, is featuring Jason Davey, a professional musician slash amateur sleuth. Earlier this year, she published 10 stories that worried my mother, a collection of 10 short stories from 1982 until now, including four prize winners, three mysteries, and two previously unpublished works. Included in the anthology is her Jason Davey story, Salty Dog Blues, which was a finalist in the 2021 Crime Writers of Canada's Award of Excellence for Best Crime Novella. Everyone calls her Nona, and I probably should start doing that too. So Nona, let's start with the obvious question. Did these stories really worry your mother and why? Oh, yes. (laughs) My mother worried constantly about me being a writer. She'd had her way. I would have been a translator at the United Nations. (laughs) And um, never minding the fact that I have a terrible time learning any other language other than English. But uh, yeah, she she worried that the neighbors would think badly of me. She worried that um, I'd put her in a book or a novel or a short story. She worried that all of the relatives would think badly of me as a writer. And every time I told her about a new novel being published or a new short story being published. She'd say, why can't you write just nice little stories about people that are nice? And and then we wouldn't have to worry. And uh, that's why I called it 10 Stories That Worried My Mother, because she she did. She worried incessantly. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever write a character based on your mom? I did. I I have to say, there's a story in there called Dietrich's Ash which um, is a, was based on a, an unfortunate incident that happened when I was growing up in Regina. We had um, a guy living next door to us who had a, um, a property dispute with my dad, and uh, it didn't turn out well for my dad. <laughs> um, so I just sort of took it one, one step further and imagined what would happen if the guy next door went a little crazy. And I had to put, I had to give the, the character who was based on my father Um, a wife. And so I based it on my mother. And she didn't say anything when it was published. And it actually got a lot of a lot of traction in Saskatchewan when it was published. And she just, to her credit, she didn't say anything at all. (laughs) Um, And but I did make a promise to her otherwise that I wouldn't put her in a a story um, while she was alive. And um, then she died in 2021. Um, One of the last things I read to her 
um, because her eyesight was failing. I, I read um, Salty Dog Blues to her, actually. Um, and uh, I thought, I'm gonna, I, I knew she hadn't read it. And I said, I'm going to read this to you. And um, she, I, she thought it was a very good story. But she worried incessantly, of course, because there's a cruise ship company in the story. And she worried that uh, the cruise line that my sister worked for, that I based it on, would, would get after my sister because of the story that I published. And I said, there's no ship like the ship that's in the short story that this cruise line actually has in its fleet, first of all. And second of all, my sister hasn't worked for them for 15 years. So, um, yeah. So I did, I did write one more story after she died. I did write one more story that was about her, um, that she inspired. Uh, it was called Terminal Lucidity, and it was published in Sisters in Crimes Anthology um, a year or two ago. Um, but now I have no feelings of guilt at all about including my mom in stories. <laughs> That's good. Um, I, I read Salty Dog Blues when it was nominated uh, a couple of years back. And when I came across it again in this uh, anthology, I guess I had a choice to skip it or read it again. And I, I chose to read it again. And I was, I was happy. And then I realized, having read most of your novels, there's something about being on that cruise ship, uh, wow. that, that closed environment. Um, do you ever consider putting, obviously not on that cruise ship, because <laughs> I know it happens, yeah. but do you ever think he can get a gig on a cruise ship again? That's a really interesting question. I actually based the character partially um, on a on a real musician that I met on a cruise ship um, um, on a Holland America cruise many years ago. Uh, and I was just looking, we're friends on Facebook, and I was looking at his Facebook page. It doesn't look like he's back on cruise ships. I'm not sure whether he is or not. But I'm, I'm thinking of bringing Jason um, to uh, the West Coast in the book I'm writing, not this one that I'm working on now, but in the next one, I'm going to bring him here. Um, and I'm just thinking in terms of cruises, he spent like many years working on a cruise ship. He knows Vancouver well because Vancouver was their home port. So I'm thinking that would be a great idea. What a great idea. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sort of new to your short stories, uh, having read this now, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, was this just a passion project? Like you just decided one day to put some of your short stories together, or is this something you would consider doing more of? Um, if I had more short stories, I'd do more. Um, that those ten are basically the only ones that I had that I could um, that I had ready to publish. I would have put Terminal Lucidity in as well, uh, except that I didn't have the rights back to it until just now, actually. So um, I've got that one, and I've written another story. Uh, for another anthology, I'm waiting to hear whether it'll be accepted or not. So I have to start accumulating stories again. I don't think I could write an entire anthology just on original short stories. That's uh, not how my brain works. Um, yeah, I, I put it together largely because I knew I was going to have to delay my next novel because it wasn't going to be written in time to have something for this year. And I really wanted to have something new um, to, put, to put on tables when I'm appearing somewhere, um, just to have something out there that that is being published and to keep my name public. Um, so that's why I actually published it, because um, I had them. And the other was sort of a feeling of, well, I have these all these short stories that were written way, 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 way back in the 1980s and 90s, and they've disappeared. And I thought, it's a, such a shame that they've disappeared, because the magazines have all gone out of business. And they're just not there. And then I had two unpublished ones as well, which I thought were pretty good. 
and they should have been published. And I thought, I'll just, I'm going to put this anthology together. I'm just going to put the stories in. It's so easy to publish them. It's so easy to market them. It's so easy just to have the books there. There's no kerfuffle or anything involved in, in, um, in complicated publication, getting accepted, that sort of thing. Plus, it was a great learning experience for me to learn how to advertise on Amazon. <laughs> I used I use it as my learning material. <laughs> I took an Amazon course on how to advertise, and it was my it was my test subject. So, it's hard to sell short stories. So, if you don't mind, like, how's it doing with you? <laughs> was the schooling worth it? <laughs> it is actually, yeah. Well, given my overall sales for everything, you know that the more books you have for sale, the better for your overall marketing. So, yes, it's I'm quite happy with the number of copies that have sold. I am. That's very good to hear. Um, I was on your website and I saw that uh, you have an upcoming novel for next year, um, Bad Boy. Um, actually, it said December. Is it still going to be not December? December? No, I've, I've gotta, I have to change that. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> um, I, I'm aiming for March now. I hope I can make that. Um, I'm on draft three um, and I had to take some time out um, to do some other stuff and I got distracted a bit. And now I finally got back into it and got into my writing brain, which takes a while to get into. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm making great progress on it right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a different kind of story. It's not like the last two. The last two, Jason was on tour with his, he was rehearsing and he was on tour with his mom's band. This one, Jason's, it just takes place just after he's come back from the end of the tour. So it's, it takes place in 2018. So before the pandemic. Um, and uh it's it's really interesting. He's in a really weird frame of mind because he's come off the tour, which was a month and a half long. And I, I talked to some musicians who've been on tour and I asked them, what's your frame of mind like after when you've, you finally settle down and come home? And he's, they said, it's odd because you have to reacquaint yourself with your life when you've been in this artificial environment for however many weeks you've been on the road. So he's in sort of that kind of frame of mind. And then this very traumatic thing happens to him uh, in the first chapter. And he spends the rest of the novel trying to get over that and also trying to track down um, a stolen collection of manuscripts written by Sir Edward Elgar, who's famous British composer. Um, he wrote Land of Hope and Glory, which is the, the anthem that's sung, that's played and sung at the last night of the BBC proms, everybody in England knows that that particular piece of music. So um, it's it's an interesting, interesting series of events that's happening in this book. I think it's I've, a good one. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Even the title, like, because I, I don't <laughs> really consider Jason ever a bad boy. So hmm. I guess there's going to be somebody else. So it's intriguing. It, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it might be Jason who's been bad in one way or another, but it, it's Probably the other person, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I'll have to wait till March the earliest. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, one of your excuses for not having it ready for Christmas would be the work that you do for Crime Writers at Canada. Mm. Um, you've been the BC rep for quite a while now, right? Mm-hmm, I have. I'm, longer than I'm, usual. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm actually in the position much longer than usual. Uh, I think we're supposed to only be mandated for four years, but but you can stay on if you want to, and I wanted to. Because uh, I quite enjoy doing what I'm doing. Um, I I do a newsletter. Um, I started doing that when I took over the position. Um, I instituted a, a monthly newsletter where I highlight everybody who sends me information. If you don't send me information, sometimes I can find it 
because I'm on a number of mailing lists and I see what you're up to. Um, but uh, yeah, I felt it was it was a way to um, highlight our local members in a way that they wouldn't get highlighted because they're they're not um, having major publishing deals and they're not you know with the big five publishers or even the bigger publishers that aren't the big five. Um, and they deserve just as much recognition as the people who are back east, uh, who are all sort of centered around Toronto. Because um, <laughs> it's a very Toronto-based, everyone in CWC will tell you, it's a very Toronto-based organization. But we do have the second largest membership out here in BC. So I just felt it was a really good thing to to do this newsletter, to highlight everybody. Um we do have a presence at um, certain festivals, and we were at Word. Um, we had a table there. We sponsored some um, some um, panels. Um, we were, yeah, we were basically involved in that. It's hard to get into the festivals nowadays, though. They um, they don't really have a place for uh, a presence, even if you're just sitting there giving out information. They don't really factor that into the festivals these days. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. Times are changing. Um, yeah, yeah I, w- I would even go as far as to say, uh, you know, five years ago, I think it was a very Toronto centric organization, but I don't think as much now. Like, no. uh, I, I see all these little pockets in Ottawa, in the Maritimes, um, you know, in, in Calgary, like BC, uh, Alberta has got a lot going on. And it's a lot because of it, it's the reps quite often. Yeah, I was just going to say that. The reps do a lot of hard work. Uh, if anybody was either a new rep or considering ever wanting to be a rep, what advice would you give them? Oh, um, just um, get to know your people if you can, your members if you can. Uh, this came up in a conversation. We just had a whole bunch of new reps come on in the past year. And I was sitting there in the meeting. Um, it was a Zoom meeting. And I, they were saying it's, they, were, they felt it very daunting that they they couldn't get to know their members better. And I said, it's taken me four years to get to know everybody in my region. And we have a very big region. Um, And there's a huge bunch of people over on the island and a huge bunch here in BC and a little bunch in the lower mainland. So I think um, for reps, just get to know your members. It's a wonderful opportunity to get to know them um, and just do what you can to help your members get known in their communities and work hard to try and establish uh, relationships with your local media because God knows the, the media in Canada right now is so fragmented and they've laid off so many people and uh, it's, it's a, a real toss up to see who's left and who's got time to cover everything. Um, so I found that I have success just locally in, in my local media uh, in New Westminster, which is actually where I live. They'll give us coverage for new Westminster events. If you're living in another area, get to know the media there and see whether they'll give you coverage, even though what you're arranging may be outside that area. They may still give you coverage if you've got members who are in their area. So. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, any big events coming up um, for BC? I, I think there's one that's going to be next year in Seattle. That's right. Um, we're going down to Left Coast Crime. I haven't got anything big planned uh, until then. Um, I want to have a presence there, a crime writer's presence. And I know there's um, quite a, there's at least a dozen of us from the from the BC region 
going down there and I was looking at the uh, overall list of attendees and I recognize a lot of names from the rest of Canada. So I'm hoping, and I've never been to a convention before, so I haven't got a clue what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm going to ask other people who have and I'm going to make sure that we have a really good presence there and uh, we can we can put on a special room. We, I know we have a table. So I've got that. <laughs> but, uh, we'll oh, that's excellent. Do. Yeah. That's great news. Well, Anona, um, I'll let you get back to writing and working. <laughs> I'm going to go do some editing. This is a okay. great talk. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for the nice intro. <laughs>